Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We continue the Feast of Theophany today, commemorating John the Forerunner, John the Baptist. This is a witness to what our Lord experienced in plunging himself into the water with the aid of John who baptized him. We continue this feast after having joined with St. George in Knoxville yesterday for the Feast of Theophany, where we had a beautiful liturgy, the choir singing very beautifully, and us able to join together with brothers and sisters at St. George. This Feast of Theophany, many of you or some of you may not have experienced the Feast of Theophany before, and it is a new experience to actually celebrate the baptism of our Lord. But this is the fulfillment of our Lord coming in the flesh. In the nativity, we have him in many ways on the periphery of things, silent, just as a baby. And it is here with the baptism that our Lord begins his ministry. And it is especially John the Baptist, as we hear in the Gospel of John this morning, who was the great witness, the forerunner, the one who preached and prepared the way of the Lord, who is the one who saw, as we hear in the gospel, the spirit descending from heaven and the voice of the father declaring that Jesus was his beloved son and whom he was well pleased. And that it was John the Baptist who knew that his work was preparation, that his work was clearing the path, preparing people for the Holy Spirit. Now our Lord in coming in the flesh. As St. Athanasius tells us. He took on a body. So that our bodies could take on the Holy Spirit. And it is exactly this. That we see in the encounter in the epistle this morning. Where Paul encounters those who had received the baptism of John. So they had repented. They had done the ablutions. But they had not received the Holy Spirit. And it was necessary for them after the advent of our Lord, after his death, burial, and resurrection, ascension at the right hand, and sending of the Holy Spirit, that they should be baptized into Christ. Why? So that they could receive the Holy Spirit. It is exactly what we hear in the prophet Isaiah that was from the other gospel reading this morning, that the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned for them. This is what it means for our Lord to come and receive baptism at the hand of John. To receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that having the Spirit descending upon him. Not that Jesus needed the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me make sure. (laughs) The Spirit is always on the Son, but we are able to actually visually see and experience the revelation of the Trinity. This is God in the flesh. This is God working in the world to sanctify the world, to specifically also sanctify water. St. John Chrysostom talks about our Lord taking on baptism such so that the baptism actually allows us to ascend, that our baptisms allow us to receive the Holy Spirit, that our baptisms and an echo of our Lord's baptism and our participation in his life, death, and burial and resurrection to life is how we encounter God. Now, God has always worked through the world, through the created order. 
So for some of us, maybe it is a bit odd. The church gathers together on the Feast of Theophany, and we sanctify water. On the eve of Theophany, we did a blessing of water, so now we have a renewed source of, we'll even call it Jordan water, the water that has been sanctified, set apart. And then yesterday with St. George, we went out to the Tennessee River, and today we are going to go out to the Clinch River Oak Ridge Marina over here before the end of the service. So you're going to see all of us basically leave, and you're welcome to join with us as we go over to the marina, and we will bless the waters of the Clinch River. And then we'll come back, finish the service, and eat some food and enjoy the feast. But God has always, if you read through the Old Testament, God is always working through specific material things. Just an example. Is anyone familiar with the story of Naaman? The leprous man who went to go see Elisha because he heard in his household that there was somebody who knew how to heal. So he goes to Elisha and what does Elisha tell Naaman? Tells him to go dip himself seven times in the river Jordan. Does anyone remember what Naaman's response to this was? I got better rivers in Damascus. Why in the world would I get in your little Jordan River? Because I'm from the great imperial cities. Why do I need to go get in the Jordan? Luckily, or for Naaman's sake, people in his entourage convince him. You really should do what the prophet tells you. So he goes and he dips himself seven times in the Jordan. And lo and behold, he is healed. This is just one little example. It also helps that it's a nice example from the River Jordan, right? That Naaman is healed in the River Jordan. But this is all through the Old Testament. God using physical means to heal, to lead. It is in the New Testament that this is nothing new when we hear about St. Peter's shadow healing people. Or that we hear that just a handkerchief or just a piece of uh, cloth that had been in St. Peter's, that it was able to heal people. This continues throughout the life of the church. We gather together every single Sunday, and we ask God to send down the Holy Spirit upon us and upon the gifts of bread and wine. We ask God to transform, as we'll hear at the blessing of the water, this water to be sanctified We ask God to bless oil. We have all sorts of means in which we engage the senses, and God specifically engages with us. This is not just ideas, but it's something that physically occurs. Even in confession, at the end of a confession, you have the stole, the epithelion, put on top of your head and the sign of the cross made over your head as a confirmation, not only of the word, but of the sealing of the act. Here, the litanies that we'll do in just a few moments for, from the service of the great blessing of water. We ask that we may be illumined with the light of knowledge and piety through the descent of the Holy Spirit, that this water may become gift of sanctification, redemption from sins for the healing of soul and body and for every suitable purpose. We ask that the water well up to eternal life, We ask that the water be effectual for the averting of every plot of visible and invisible enemies. So, the demons. That it may be for the purification of soul and body to all who with faith take and drink of it. That we may be granted to be filled with sanctification through the drinking of this water by the invisible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. 
Furthermore, the prayers from the service ask that the water be given the grace of redemption, the blessing of Jordan, to make it a source of incorruption, a gift of sanctification, a deliverance from sins, an averting of diseases, unapproachable by hostile powers and filled with angelic might, that all who draw from it and partake of it do it for the cleansing of souls and bodies, for the healing of their passions, for sanctification of homes, and for every suitable purpose. And be wondering what are suitable purposes. One of the realities of our faith, the Orthodox faith, is that the church has very specific practices. And when you're coming into and uh, acclimating yourself to the life of the church, there are, first off, there's all of just trying to get used to the services themselves, right? Trying to wrap your mind around the theology, trying to understand uh, the customs. And then there are all these practices. And if it's overwhelming, it just takes some time. And after, I'm gonna, this might sound like a long time, after a few years you start getting into the rhythm. It's okay that in a year or two years that you still feel like you're just kind of getting your bearings. When we enter into the church, it can take some time because in many ways, there's a lot of familiarity if you are already Protestant or Catholic in background or grew up nominally Christian. And then to enter into the Orthodox Church and realize, wow, there's a lot of stuff. I never read that passage that way. I had no idea that was the practice of the church. So one of the things that the church does very specifically and for every home is to have theophany water in your home. And it is a very regular, pious custom to drink of the holy water. You can do it every morning. You can do it on different occasions before when you get up. I was about to say before you get up. If you can get up before you get up and drink holy water, let me know. Okay. Uh, when you get up before you eat. Uh, when you stand before your icons to take a little bit of holy water to remind yourself of what God has done in Jesus Christ. When you are sick, to take some holy water. Before you leave on a journey, to drink a little bit of holy water, anoint yourself with the holy water from your icon corner. When someone is upset, when there's turbulence or turmoil in the home, or someone needs God's aid in presence, to take some holy water, make the sign of the cross, and pray. For students, before they do examinations, or there's times in the school year, to take a little bit of holy water, to remember what God has done, to remember your own baptism. These are little things that are given to us, to have holy oil that maybe comes from a lampada at a shrine Uh, at the monastery in West Virginia or from St. John of San Francisco's Lampada, the oil lamp that burns at his relics, or from St. Xenia from Russia, or St. Herman of Alaska, to have these things to have in your corner to anoint yourself with him. These are all little practical things that the church offers to us. There's also a very, if you've ever wondered, what do I do with the Antiteron, the Prosphora rather, that you send into the altar for commemorations. It's also a very pious custom throughout the week to have that with you, that you don't just eat it all at once, but you have it in your icon corner, and throughout the week you eat it. You want to make sure that you eat it within a week, because after a week it's going to get really hard. Uh, but if you take a little bit of holy water, you eat a little bit of the prosper that you send in, remember those that you asked for prayers, and remember your baptism, remember what God has done for you. The Orthodox Church 
envelops our life with the life of Christ. And it is available to us. If you've never known what this uh, crystal-looking thing is over here, this has the holy water in it. We have bottles out, especially because of theophany. Take some home. If we run out, ask Father Deacon or I, and we can get some more out so that you can be able to take some home. If you want to get a bigger bottle to be able to take home so you don't have run out every two weeks because of the size of these little ones, you're welcome to bring it. If we run out of holy water, we did quite a few gallons We'll just do a lesser blessing of the water and we'll replenish our supply. But this is a pious practice that is done throughout the Orthodox world for us that are acclimating our lives to the faith to remember especially this feast, this winter Pascha, this great feast of our Lord and what he has done in fulfilling righteousness by submitting to John the Baptist to be baptized in the river Jordan for our salvation, to give us and bring us light, to bring us into the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ.